0: Getting people to come to you, rather than you needing to go to them, is a powerful thing. Like people come to me for podcasts and for events, and people would come to me for consulting and coaching, and the more people started to come to me, the more I started to just do more things. I said yes to everything. I was like Jim Carrey and Yes Man, like, oh, you want me to do it? Yes. What is it? Yeah. Yeah. And I could do it whenever, like I could still do the schooling with the kids. and. I don't think I ever worked as hard as I did.
1: Hi, friends. Welcome to the Sales Enablement Podcast. I'm your host, Andy Paul. That was Jen Ferguson. Jen is a global sales onboarding delivery manager for Salesforce.com, and she's the host of a LinkedIn Live program titled Sales and Leadership with Heart. And in our conversation today, we're talking about the importance of building your personal brand to take control of your career and future. And we get in deep into Jen's own personal brand-building efforts and how the focus of her career quest is to be measured and being seen and heard without the struggle. In other words, to be known and thought of when good opportunities do arise, which I think is something we all wish for. Jen shares how her brand has gotten her indoors how it's helped her focus and qualify opportunities because, as she's written and talked about, the struggles of being a woman and a mom in the workplace, well, by talking about that, she was eliminating a portion of the market, the portion that might not be the best fit for her. So, we get into all that and much, much more. Before we get to Jen, though, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to it. And if you subscribe, we'd certainly appreciate it if you could leave us a review, give us your feedback about how we're doing. So, thank you. Alright, let's jump into it. Jen, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Andy. I appreciate it.
1: It's a pleasure to have you here. So, um, where are you joining us from today?
0: Clearwater, Florida.
1: Clearwater. I don't think I've been there. Where's Where in Florida is that?
0: It is by uh, Tampa. You know where Tampa oh, okay. is? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. Been to Tampa. Yeah. So, I'm about 10 minutes from the beach. My family and I love to go to the beach and play in the sands. I even got married on the beach there.
1: Oh, you got married on the beach? Very nice. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Do you do uh, like holidays on the beach? I mean, San Diego, oftentimes we would take the kids when they're young to the the beach and do Christmas on the beach.
0: No, not really. We just, okay. now, no, it's sort of a, you know, weekend thing, but I wouldn't say we do holidays per se there. Um, you know, I'm Polish, so we have, Lots of Polish holiday traditions that are like Uh grandma has to have things a certain way.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And what are those ways?
0: Oh, like you don't eat meat on Christmas Eve and then you have to go to midnight mass and you have to do all the Uh, things. And so, yeah, we've got rules.
1: Yeah. Rules. rules, Yeah. We had those for a while when we were young. And then as my parents, as we age, as my parents age, there's like, uh, yeah, they didn't. They didn't care as much anymore. But, yeah, I remember going to the midnight mass. Um, all right. So, tell us a little bit about you. So, what? What do you do?
0: Well, I uh, recently joined the team at Salesforce as the global congratulations. Thank you, as a global sales onboarding delivery manager for Commerce Cloud, and I'm just so excited to be here. You know, I had been eyeing Salesforce forever. Um and I, the first time I logged into Salesforce, ironically, I was selling green screen software. Um, <laughs> and so it's been quite a journey to get here, but it's a great place.
1: Well, so tell me what you do and in, in your job.
0: Yeah, so I help train and facilitate equip account executives for success on Commerce Cloud. Okay. And so that's really just making sure that they have all of the knowledge that they need to ramp quickly and be successful in the field.
1: Got it. And so you're supporting people around the world with us then. So even though you're yeah. you're sorry, remote.
0: I am remote and remote? I am okay. supporting people all around the world.
1: Excellent. Excellent. So I shrink something. Well, you do, tell us about your LinkedIn live program as well.
0: Oh yeah, no. I you know I started doing LinkedIn Live um, a little a little bit early on. I was so surprised when I was approved, but I, I would send videos over to LinkedIn and like I got approved and started doing LinkedIn Live where you know I bring on guests and we talk about some of the things that you don't commonly talk about in sales. So check out everything from strip clubs when clients ask you to take them to a strip club to um diversity of thought to uh, a cancer survivor telling us about how her definition of success changed from before cancer to after cancer. So just all of the things in sales that we don't commonly talk about but are all real things.
1: Alright so was the strip club story your story?
0: <clears throat> well I do have a strip club story. It's on my you do. I do. I do. And I had a guest who was also sharing a strip club story. So, so you know,
1: this was this was was this a, a woman guest?
0: Yes, of course. Yeah.
1: All right, of course. Yeah. So, so tell us <laughs> this. I'm 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 fascinated. I mean, it's just appalled and fascinated at the same time.
0: Well, this was a, a good number of years ago. But you know, when you're out at trade shows and and you're meeting with clients and prospects and. You know, there's a, you're in a male dominated environment and there's mm-hmm. a point where the guy say, let's go to a strip club <laughs> and then, and then you have to decide, all right, if I go to the strip club, you know, then I'm just going to be going along. If I right. don't go to the strip club and the deal doesn't close and I have to say, I didn't go to the strip club to my boss. What is that going to be like? So, like that—that that decision moment of like, yeah, am I like going to the strip club? Which is,
1: yeah, yeah I mean, a, a conundrum that that male sellers <laughs> can can face, but it's not the same decision. Um,
0: it's it's not it's not the same decision at all. But you know, so what did um, you do? Oh well, the first time I went to the strip club, the second time I didn't. Yeah. but you know, you learn, you live and learn. You know, at forty-five years old. What I'm willing to tolerate is different than what I'm was willing to tolerate many years ago right and so as you know life evolves and you learn lo- you have your lessons learned uh-huh. I learned don't go to the strip club
1: yeah I mean the bigger lesson is <laughs> don't do And this, well, this is this is an interesting question yes. is yeah so. I think sellers of all all stripes confront it, and some small percentage, and such as yourself, make the right decision, which is look, I'm not going to do anything that doesn't align with who I am, my values, my character, and I don't care.
0: Yes, which, but it takes time, especially when you're you're young and you're starting out. Like that's not like a. I don't know, maybe some, for some people, it might be like, I'm just not willing to do this, but there are times where you have to, you think about it. Right. So I learned it over time. Some people may just go, no, absolutely not. And that's what I would advocate for. Don't go, um, if there's ever a time where your well, it's, values it's, and what you believe right. in and what, what's going to make you feel comfortable uncomfortable it comes into question just don't do it but that's why i share these stories is because there's value in the stories that people share of real experiences that people don't commonly know about
1: yeah and this this doesn't you know stop at, at things as appalling as as you know customers demanding you go to a strip club i mean it it's you see it's every day that yeah, managers may be yeah basically enforcing sellers to do certain things that they're just not comfortable with and act in ways that don't align with who they are. And they do it. And you have to sort of make a choice. Well,
0: yeah. And you need to, I mean, I I share with people all the time that you need to find places where you could not only be yourself, but where you know that your leadership team has the the same values, that if you're wholeheartedly into like customer service and and being of service to others, that the management team that you sign up to join has that same premise, you know, that they believe in the same things, that they're not so sales focused, that they can't see beyond, you know, what's good and right and how you should treat people.
1: Yeah, and it can be very seemingly innocuous things. I in in my new book, I have a couple stories. I write about one. One is, uh, is or I tell the story in brief, but is is um sales manager forcing me to call a customer at home? This is a customer that had promised an order and that he hadn't sent it in yet. And this was on Christmas Eve. They were going to be shut down between Christmas and New Year's. We'd already made we'd already made the year, but he forced me to call this guy at home on Christmas Eve, <laughs> and I was, you know, a young salesperson, and I was just mortified. And I just from that, from that point forward it was like, hell no, right? It just this is just was beyond the beyond the pale for an order. Like I said that A wasn't going to make a difference. And an order was just as valuable on January 2nd as it was on December
0: 24th. 100%. There was this one time where I um, joined a new company and I was only there a few weeks in where I was on a, a sales call with a leader. My leader was on the call. And, you know, I knew most of the stakeholders, of course, and, you know, the leader started talking to one of the stakeholders who is a woman very negatively mm. very negatively and i was just like oh no like lost all all the relationship building that i had done up Jingle. till then i knew Absolutely. was just like that's it it was all over i left i i walked out that day like i could not i was like no uh uh-uh, uh nope it so, I mean, it's it's so important how you treat people.
1: Yeah. Well, but again, it also also align with with your own beliefs and your own value system. I mean, I I uh, yeah. Another story. Again, early in my career with the company I work for, the the boss had a special contest that ran during May and June of every year, mm-hmm. and we were selling computer systems and and basically. They went nuts to book new revenue during that period, and there was almost nothing beyond the pale that they wouldn't do. <laughs> and yeah, my boss thought that there was this one client of mine who had big client that had spent a long time trying to get uh, clothes They were important. They were vaguely unhappy with us because some of the systems weren't working the way that they were. They should. And so he thought the solution to this guy's unhappiness was to uh, upsell him an additional piece <laughs> of computing equipment that today's dollars is like a $300,000 piece of equipment. Yeah. And so he sent me over the last day of his contest period because he was running short to get his bonus and said, <laughs> don't come back until you get the order.
0: No, that's and so I, and bad. I, and I,
1: and I and I went over talked to the customer and and yeah just thought horrible cuz you know I knew this was a great potential long-term customer they had been great so far yes there were some mid some problems but you know we we were going to i on a path to fix those problems and he just yeah ruined the whole relationship the boss did cuz I, I went over and told the customer what we boss wanted us to do and you know as he, he said no way yeah, you know, not with the way things are going. Absolutely no way. So he sends me back. My office is about a quarter mile from this customer's office. So I go back into the the office. Manager throws me out. Don't come back. I told him, don't come back until you get the order. <laughs> this, I did this like six or seven times that day. And That's- it was just, and he kept, then you know, the boss started discounting. Yeah, tell him we'll discount, 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 discount. It was just, oh, it was just miserable. Absolutely miserable. Uh, and leaders,
0: any... it's funny, leaders have no idea what kind of damage that they do to not only, you know, your reputation, but like the company's reputation. And like, just out there in the market, when you do things like that, like, oh, it, yeah.
2: just people I remember,
0: thinking. I remember my first SKO, right, was for mm-hmm. a retail company um and it was in like 1995 and i remember dr dick rue and i can't find him on the internet anywhere but i remember his name like it was yesterday and he's up there on a the stage talking about you know how the word of mouth travels and how fast it travels and that was before like the internet right what mm-hmm. this concept uh in retail of that you know if you you have bad service or you do not create a great customer experience, a legendary customer experience was the term, legendary. That is gonna travel. Now you add that to twenty twenty, you know, and you're like twenty twenty one. Forget what
1: year I'm in here. Twenty twenty two. Yeah, we'll, yeah talk almost 2022. we'll talk
0: about twenty twenty two. But you know, it's like You have to always be mindful of the experience you're creating, you know? Just like, um, you know, the one thing I took from retail was that sense of urgency. And that was one of the things from that zero selling time that I really appreciated that, you know, that sense of urgency and that you're you're always in tune with what the customer wants or how the customer wants to buy and what they, you know, how you're able to serve them best. Right. So
1: I just... Well, thank you. Yeah, that's, you're talking about my first book, Zero Time Selling. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 um, well, the thing about, you know, urgency and responsiveness is, is that, and part of the reason I stress that in the book, especially for people who are maybe newer sellers, <laughs> is that there are so few things that are under your control, right? Your price isn't, your product isn't, maybe, you know, the list of customers you have to deal with, their prospects you have to deal with, you don't have control over that. But you do have control over what you do. 100%. And and operating with a sense of urgency, operating with a high degree of responsiveness for your buyers, throughout my entire career, whether it's yeah, you know, I was selling uh, <laughs> women's shoes as I first started, or yeah, communication systems worth yeah, tens of millions of dollars, uh, it made a difference.
0: Huge difference. It's a, at the end of the day, it's all about how you make people feel, right? Exactly. And if they feel cared for you will retain their business and you know it's funny i was leading an sdr team and and people always ask like uh, is sdr teams going to be around you know like what's the future look like one of the things that i found right is while i was leading this team was that even though the team could schedule the appointments when it came to the aes it was based on their availability and if they were not available Then they weren't going to get anywhere. And just by taking that piece away, I was able to reduce the sales cycle by 50% just by like installing the urgency. Like if it's if it's hot, if it's hot, then it needs to go to an AE right away in that moment, and that we're not going to wait. And so we had to find out who was available. We had we created a place where we're who's available right now. You know, so just by adding that urgency by mm-hmm. 50%, we reduced the entire sales cycle and grew revenue, obviously. But, you know, after a series of calls of trying to understand where I lost, where, you know, these are all good. I like I, my team's trained, they're, they're all good, they're good leads. I have no doubt what happened. So I'm calling out people and I'm like, what happened? And they bought, they just didn't buy from us. Mm-hmm. I was like, and I remember going into, the boardroom of like, okay, now I'm going to convince everyone, right, that either the A, the SDRs can do discovery calls, so that the the prospect can get right into demo,
2: right, Keep or going, right?
0: that if it's hot, if it's hot, that we're getting someone on the phone right now, and uh, the looks on their faces. But once I pulled out data and I'm doing showing them recordings and I'm <laughs> and I'm like, see. And so, yeah, and it made a huge impact. But you should see the look on their faces when I told them I wanted SDRs to be able to do discovery calls so that the prospects can go right into demo.
1: Yeah, or even train your SDRs, your inside sales team to be able to do demos.
0: Right, that would have been a I good mean, solution too. But
1: yeah, I mean, a client where we did that with inside sales team capable of of uh, giving giving demos, and what we train them to do is is when they're doing the the initial call uh-huh. and sometimes sometimes in response to inbound but but sometimes outbound and, and the prospect the buyer would say well gosh this is really interesting could we schedule a demo we'd train the sellers to say no <laughs> but but I can do it but I can do it right now.
0: You see and that would have been that would have been that that next step. That would have been ideal but
1: yeah but nobody, I can do it right now. So here's here's yeah. the link. Let's jump online. Let's do it. And let's do it. in the majority of the cases, the buyer was like, "Absolutely, let's do it right now." And then yeah. you compare that experience against you know competitors that, to your point, well, I got passed this on to an AE. Who knows how long it'll take to get them back? You know, into the loop so we can respond, get the setup. Um, yeah, huge competitive differentiation for that customer.
0: I mean, how how hard is it to prioritize the customer over other people's schedules? I mean, like. I so, think it'd be easy. But you still, every day, you know, you, you can look around and you could schedule a demo that'll be two weeks out. Yeah.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Criminal.
1: So, Criminal. It is. So, I want to talk about something that, that I'd read that you'd written, actually recently on LinkedIn, sort of talking about your situation, and, and you sort of had this, I'd call it sort of a, I need to take charge of me, epiphany, um, because yeah, several things you're going through, but I just wanted to get into that because you talk about the importance of building your own brand and where that's led you, and and I think this is so important for, I I think it's important for everybody in the sales profession, that no matter what level you're at, but I just want to talk about your journey on that. Yeah. So what what sort of what sort of triggered that? What was going on where you said you know um. I need to be intentional about building my brand.
0: Yeah. So, um, you know, the pandemic happens and I was new in a job role. Um, and like here I am, I've got my kindergartner next to me who can not read right with his, his screen. And we're doing, we're doing virtual schooling. My daughter on the other side of me with her headphones on doing her own thing, We've got meeting changes every hour on the hour and <laughs> trying to work. Right. And uh, I was impacted and laid off and I I did breathe a little bit of a sigh of relief, even though I was new and I liked it and I loved it. and Mm -hmm. I had done so much. I was like, man, I I did so well. But um, I, you know, it was so much. I was just at my wit's end and I knew that this was going to go on for a little bit. I mean, it didn't look like it was ending anytime soon at that point.
1: Um, Even still, who who would have thought, right?
0: Well, yeah. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, I see people on LinkedIn and I see them doing all these things, right. And they're posting and, and gaining traction and they have followers. And I'm like, I need to do that. I need to get myself out there. I need to share whatever it is I'm going to share and, and figure out how to become more visible. I've been in software for a long time and I'm like,
1: I can
0: I can do this, right? So I started
1: What was the goal though of of wanting to be out there? So I mean there's because this is
0: get a job when I wanted one. Right. So here I am, you know, I know I can't work right now. I'm already struggling. Um, but I knew that eventually I need one. You know, my my husband has MS. I like I know that eventually down the road I'm going to need to be able to support my family. Okay. And I know that people who are highly visible just they don't they don't have as much trouble. Um. So I became you know I, I started posting every day, started doing this uploading videos. Um, then I got approved for LinkedIn Live, and I found that once I got LinkedIn Live, I was able to just ask people to come on and they would say yes. Sure. You know, they would just be like, yeah, I don't have LinkedIn Live. Um, well, I,
1: but I th- but I want to backtrack for just a second because I think there's something really important in what you said, which is perhaps the reason, the prime reason for, yeah, i to take this, this challenge seriously to focus on building your brand, as I said primarily on LinkedIn, is that you said you wanted to be known and thought of when the good opportunities arose.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But I think we all want that. But it doesn't matter whether it's a new job. The same thing applies to sales opportunities. I mean, if you're responsible for selling your company's products, is you also want to be thought of when the good opportunities arise.
0: Which is you know, true. So those, yeah.
1: You know, you're for the uh, the set of accounts that you're responsible for you know you want to be visible you want to be connecting with these people you want to be putting yourself out there showing people what you stand for what you believe the you know your point of view and again i just like the way you put it it's just you know to be known and to be thought of when the good opportunities arise this is it works both ways right it's not just all about so many people think linkedin is just about jobs i think it's actually over the last 5 years it's become much less about jobs and more about business.
0: No, I 100% agree because I mean I you know and I've put together curriculum around this around social selling that I've I actually trained people on how to do. But um you know getting people to come to you rather than you needing to go to them is a powerful thing. Like people come to me for podcasts and for events and you know, people mm-hmm. come to me for consulting and coaching and the more people started to come to me and the more I started to just do more things. I said yes to everything. I was like Jim Carrey and yes, man, like, <laughs> oh, you want me to do it? Yes. Yes. What? What is it? Yeah. 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 And I could do it whenever. Like I could still do the schooling with the kids and and right. just um, I don't think I ever worked as hard as I did then in between that time a virtual schooling to like actually landing a job as to how much I did like between, here's two podcasts a day, three networking meetings, here's a, here's some consulting and, and it did produce what I wanted. You know, I had, I'd sure. been applying to Salesforce for eight years before I got, an interview.
1: Right. Well, so let me ask you a question uh, leading up to that is Yeah. So when you make this decision about, okay, I need to be intentional about building my brand. So how did, how do you decide what you wanted that brand to be? What did you, what did you, how did you decide what you wanted to be known for or how you wanted to be identified?
0: Well, I went back to my values, you know, I I came up with the tagline sales and leadership with heart and now it's a newsletter at a LinkedIn live show. But like that at the, at the, I think of it like, um, uh, Sherry Le- Levitin has this in yeah. her, her book that, you know, the, the skin level for discovery, the bone of like the real challenge and then the heart of what really mm-hmm. impacts people, what will make mm-hmm. a difference to them. And so I think uh, I thought of it as like, if what am I, what do I believe in and what do I do when I look at sales and leadership? I I think of heart, what is going to matter most to people. And so that's why I named my LinkedIn Live that. And that's why I named my newsletter that. And that's what I stood for. So I created like, you know, collateral. And I said it, I put it on my resume. And that's, you know, most people... Are starting to know me for that, you know, um, sure. and I think at the at, in my heart, that's how I wanted to be known. That if you know, if you think of me, that no matter what, I'm the type of person who goes all in, but I also bring compassion and EQ, and that I care about people, and that I care about my customers, and I care about experience.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, well, so when then when you start looking for jobs and you yeah you know, in some cases you say your brand got you in the doors mm-hmm. is what was it about that brand that opened the doors but <laughs> cuz you're right about this is that you know you've got these brutal moments where you could get the interviews but it was harder to get get the job and for reasons which yeah you know, make sense but um yeah. What, what, why, I guess, Hey, what was it about that appealed to him? But then when it really came to it, why weren't they following through?
0: Well, because like I'm nice and shiny, right? I have a LinkedIn following. You can see that I'm present and that's all appealing to most employers. But then when you start reading my posts and you start, what is she talking about? Did she <laughs> mentioned strip clubs. Did she, did she talk about three miscarriages that she had in her journey to parenthood while she was traveling the country to find out that she couldn't travel and that's why it was, she was having a hard time finding a family. Like the things that I talk about are the real life experiences of women in the workforce Mm -hmm. that people don't talk about. And so to leaders, you have to be okay with me talking about it to go, oh, yeah, that's a post about miscarriages. I'm going to go ahead and hire her, right? And so I'm, I, I disqualified a portion of my audience who go, you know, let me look at what she's posting about and, and determine, you know, because I followed up on any place I interviewed. If I cared enough that I was going to or even submit my resume and get a connection or network my way in, right, if I've submitted something, and I know who to call. I'm going to call and ask if I didn't get an interview. And they would say, right. "Yeah, your 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 brand is a bit much." Or, f- I heard yeah. once, you shine too bright.
1: You shine too bright. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, just 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 the place you would want to work, right? You shine too bright. You
0: shine too bright. I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm not that shiny. I know, you know, I got That's highlights. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's but but
2: it it.
1: Yeah, on one hand, not not surprising, but no. still extremely unfortunate that that hiring managers still look for the vanilla.
2: Well, right? but you just the, don't...
1: The, the the pablum, right? Is is yeah. It's we want we tell people and we tell sellers, and this is I think part of the reason why we see more sellers don't sort of start down this road that that you've done is that they sense that. Yeah, you know, leadership is scared by authenticity.
0: And I would say that's true. Right. And so what would happen, right, is when I did get interviews and I after a couple of interviews, because for whatever reason, between twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, there were a lot of interviews. Like
2: I'm sure you, would, a lot too, yes. you
0: would get you would get five interviews in before you ran into the guy that really doesn't like your LinkedIn profile. And will tell you or
1: through it was, a seven. Guy. was it was was it always a guy or were there sometimes yeah, women? It
0: wasn't it wasn't always a guy. That you shine too bright came from a woman. So, yeah. um, why?
1: Why do you, why do you think she was concerned about that?
0: Well, she hadn't been in her role as long, and I had a lot mm. of experience. I just really liked the company. Right. And I look really ambitious, but really I just want to be like like I define success by like being able to make a positive impact and my mm-hmm. children being good humans. Like that's how I define success. I just want to right. be able to send them to college and I just want to be chill. Right. Don't like we've already determined I do not want to be a VP of sales because that seems like the most like I don't want to do that, right? <laughs> and so right.
1: Well, finish your thought. That seems like what? <laughs>
0: <laughs> most awful job ever,
1: now that, awful I, job ever. Okay.
0: <laughs> now that I've been through um, the training program that and you know i've I've learned it's you know you're as a woman in sales you're constantly thinking about ways to get your voice heard mm-hmm. so if you're that far to the that part to of the top right and you have to advocate for your people and you have to advocate for the things that you need to get done in order to achieve the results that you're seeking if you are not 100% supported you know what i mean it's it mm-hmm. becomes a, quite a struggle right and so i don't ever want to be there <laughs> but i also well, but- learned that my superpower is the coaching and training and and really supporting people to to really bring their equip them for success
1: right and i think the decision that you made it's career choice about not wanting to be a you know VP of sales. You know, I think too often is so many sellers sort of get on this, both men and women. It's this expectation that that's the logical step that they have to be in leadership. And yeah, you're finding you're talking about you know the real incredibly interesting work you're doing. That it doesn't require. Yeah, you know, we can sort of dispense with sort of these these old fashioned ideas of what career success looks like. Is like it doesn't have anything to do with the title
0: no no and when you think about what actually satisfi- satisfies you and what actually you know engages you uh, like i like creating new things i like mm-hmm. thinking about how i'm going to use slack for my workflows to create a better experience and do you know what i mean like
2: mm-hmm. yeah.
0: i like to be creative and strategic and think about okay if i'm going to create an experience for my learners? What would I want that would catch my attention, that would get them to, to do the behaviors, right. That I want them to do. Right. Right. Um, and so I, all of the unique creative ways I could do that, just, you know, I could work for hours and lose all track of time by doing that and highly engaged instead of thinking about, Walking around my neighborhood, thinking about how to get buy-in from senior leaders about something that's going to drive results, and how to advocate for my, like, no,
1: yeah, well, and I back to this idea too with with the brand, I thought was another. I just one point I want to make sure we yeah. covers is that you you talk about the fact that it sometimes has been problematic for you because yeah, you don't have a college degree,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and. Yeah. First of all, it seems ridiculous that that has to be an entry requirement for (laughs) for sales. But secondly, is is okay if that's on someone's mind? Your brand can change their perception of you.
0: Hundred percent. Yeah.
1: And and this is so. This is another reason. You know, when you think about it, for sellers, it's like, okay, well, I just yeah, I just don't have time. It's like it's this is just part of your career now. Building your network, building a network of value on, on LinkedIn. And the way you do that is by giving back.
0: Yes, by giving and bringing value. But yep. I'd also say that it's not just LinkedIn. You, like, if sure. you're working at an organization, you should be working on your personal brand within your organization, how people Absolutely. talk about you and think about you, and where you're providing value to others. And that's a career differentiator wherever, like whether it's LinkedIn or internally, mm-hmm. that's, you know, being present and being of service to others matters whether it's online or within the organization.
1: Yeah. I mean, as Adam Grant talks about in his book, Give and Take, it's, it's when you look at career success, you know, he divides people into three camps, givers, matchers, and takers. And mm-hmm. And people have this perception of givers that if you're a giver, you're going to be less productive, less effective than perhaps the takers or the matchers. The matchers take as much as they give or give as much as they take. And what the research he cites shows is actually yeah, at, at the bottom of the poll are sort of these you know, unrestrained givers, but at the top are givers again. You know, yeah. the givers give to understand that their path to success runs through helping others get what's most important to them.
0: Uh, Yeah. Uh, And I, I haven't read that book. I I like to read, but I I haven't checked that one out, but I think of the go-giver with Bob Berg.
1: That's one of my,
0: one of my favorites of like, you know, how to give without really expecting anything in return. And I do that. I do that a lot. You know, when I share these, these stories that are a little different, not what you commonly see on LinkedIn, the, the, the number of women who reach out to share their stories with me that they're not comfortable sharing online, right? And being able to just have someone to share that with that feels like they would under like would understand them.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The, those messages are what touched me the most. You know, like I, I don't know how many messages I got this week that were just like, oh, you just made my heart all like warm and gooey. Mm-hmm. Is this
1: because of your, your bro culture, LinkedIn Live, you did?
0: Uh, no, no. There was, okay. well, no, not that one. <laughs> there were a couple other things. but yeah. I mean, it's just being able to be of service to others, I think, is, is so valuable. And not many people realize how much it matters.
1: Well, yeah. Well, that's unfortunate. That's because... Being of service to others is at the heart of being successful at sales. So I think that speaks to many of the problems we have across professional selling in the B2B world is that not enough sellers understand that they're there to serve, not just to try to persuade somebody to buy their product. Yep. So, so you know, you had this article and yeah, lots of things going on. You've got this great job. Um I just read this. Another interesting post you'd written about sort of you know, emotional roller coaster that's present in sales, especially as we get closer to the year end. Um, May give some people some some tips, you know, because we're airing this uh, toward the year end, and um, maybe help them through it. Because you got yeah, holidays and trying to close out the year.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, there's a lot of daily practices that I use to really help with my mindset. To make Mm -hmm. sure that I'm I'm trying to avoid the roller coaster, right? And Mm. like writing down and journaling. And with those with that journaling, you could actually turn that into LinkedIn posts and and, yes, you can. can. Or at least pieces of it. Maybe not all
1: of it. Thoughts that come from it. Yes.
0: Thoughts. So I do journaling. I do, you know, things I think about things I'm grateful for. I've got an app I use called Cope Notes. I don't know if you've ever
1: heard of it, but. No, I had not till I read your article.
0: I'm a big fan. And the reason I am is because back in the day is to have the post-it notes. You know, everybody writes the their motivational sure. things on post-it notes. You stick them everywhere. Affirmations
1: on the post-it Yeah, stick yes. them in the mirror. It's- right.
0: Well, what's nice about this is it's a pattern disrupt. So I know that if I get a text message, it's either super important or it's coat notes. Right? It's my, my kid's school you know, my mom or coat notes. So it comes at random times during the day. I don't never know when it's going to come. And it's just like a stop and think about whatever it is. And it's funny because there are always, you don't
1: don't know what, you don't know what the message is. It's just random. I don't know what the
0: message is. It's random positivity. So let's see what they, they sent me today. Want to watch less TV? Hide the remote. Want to drink less soda? Don't keep it in your fridge. Small, simple barriers do more to break bad habits than we realize. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm not trying to drink less soda today, but <laughs> let's let's find one I put a heart on. Like there's, um, oh, this is a good one. Before his success, Elon Musk used to have trouble getting hired. Everyone will fail at something, but not everyone will try again. Tomorrow is a new day. Yep. So someone go through a job hunt that suddenly gets that at 7:35 in the morning like before their interview. It that matters in that moment. Mm-hmm. And what I find is because they come all random times of day that more often than not it's like this pattern disrupts and it inspires me. Sometimes it inspires oh, me for a LinkedIn post. Um but What happens with the post-it notes is over over time, you don't see them anymore. You ever notice that?
1: Oh, yeah, Yeah. become part of the furniture. Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Yeah. So, okay. So that's cope notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, that's, that's, people should check that out. I mean, I, I, and maybe even I mean, if, if I was using that, I mean, but I, I write a lot. I write every day to some, some degree. It's so always sort of Journaling. Um, sometimes it's like, yeah, worst part is like when I've turned off the light and I'm trying to go to sleep at night, and I get wake up in the morning, and find I've written myself ten no notes, <laughs> which is like, okay, whatever. But yeah, I think it's writing, whether it's journaling or or yeah, I, I'm trying to sort of create ideas for for thoughts I might share on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, it's such a valuable thing to sort of get it out of your head.
0: Well, yeah. And then there's this, there's a release with that. You know, Mm -hmm. when you write something down, you've let it go. You're more likely to not focus on whatever it is anymore. If you've just written it down or typed it out, I even use the uh, recording voice voice notes, you know, like if I'm going for a uh, jog in the morning and I'm debating on a strategy of how to achieve whatever it is I want to do, I'll mm-hmm. I'll do the voice notes and just like talk it all out. And by the time I'm done with my dog, I have a path. I don't know if it's the right one, but it's a path because I've like I've talked it through. Now I look, yeah. I might look like a lunatic running around talking to myself, but they don't know yeah. I'm not on the phone.
1: Yeah, I know. No, no, no. Right. <laughs> Everybody else is it through, so You're you're safe. That's a good suggestion too. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I think it's capture the thoughts when they when they happen. Um, but yeah, just get them out of your head. Get them on someplace where they can become actionable um, is a really good tip. Last one, any last tip to, to help folks?
0: Yeah. So I'm a big fan of Dale Carnegie. I, uh, early in my career, too. I took
2: too.
0: Dale Carnegie sales advantage thing and, you know, the how to win friends and influence people. There's lots of great things in there about like stress and worry, right? So if I have a big problem and I think about what is, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? Like Mm -hmm. if all all goes wrong, what's the worst thing that can happen? And then I resolve to just, you know, accept it. Okay. If that happens, it happens. Yep. All right. And then I try to improve upon it. Like what's my course of action if I'm just going to improve on the worst thing that's going to happen. And I create some steps. Then I feel like I'm in control and that worst thing doesn't feel so bad because I've already determined, well, if it's going to happen, this is, you know, this Mm -hmm. might be what I would do about it, but it reduces the impact of whatever it is. Um, Another good one is from Dale Carnegie is to put things in day type compartments, right? So if you Mm -hmm. have a quota and obviously it is a big quota, you can't necessarily do day type compartments except that if you know that you need to do this many interactions with a prospect in order to close right. a deal, right? How many interactions can you do where you're bringing value to mm-hmm. everyone that you're working with and reduce either reduce that number or make up some of the number by adding value. Do you know what I mean? Um oh, absolutely, and yeah. I find that to be uh, super useful as well. Now for SDR specifically, breaking up a quota, like into day daytime compartments of like, okay, I only need two appointments today. Mm-hmm. I got two, everything else is gravy. Right. Yep. And so like thinking about it that way and just what you need to do and focusing on the day. Um, then at the end of the month, at the end of the quarter, everything feels better because you've focused mm-hmm. and on just the activities you can do. So
1: no, great advice. And and just in general for you, know, I think Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is a book a lot of people talk about, but not many have read as much as I talk about it. And I encourage everybody to read it. Yeah, here's a book that yeah, I I'm always amused by you know, you'll hear on LinkedIn and sellers, you know, but but this has been going on forever. It's not, you know, predates LinkedIn, but you know, people think, oh, you know, anything older than 10 years, advice older than 10 years old, <laughs> completely irrelevant. And it's like, oh, come on. That's first of all such bullshit. And secondly is, is, you know, Carnegie's book is 90 years old and it's as relevant today as it was then.
0: It, at the end of the day, it's all about people. Right. Yep. And uh, that's what Business Dale rent. Carnegie's book is all about people. You know, I still have my golden book in my purse of, but I, in the article that I posted today, there's actually a link to the golden book. And I swear, if you, if you just adopted those tactics of the golden book, you could lead people effectively. You could make more friends. You could, you're just an overall better human being now every day do I do all those things? I some some days I struggle more than others, right? Sure. But
1: well, we are human. We're not but, perfect. We're human.
0: I mean, as like a framework for just being a good human,
1: it's top notch in my yep. book. I agree. All right. Jen, well, thank you so much for joining me today.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me. The time just flew by.
1: It did. And so if if people want to connect with you, what's the best way to do that?
0: Yeah, on LinkedIn. Jen Ferguson, jferg507. Uh, You can find me on Twitter that way. You can find me on Instagram that way, jferg507. All All the places.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, friends, that's it for this episode. First of all, I want to thank you for taking the time to listen. I'm so grateful for your support of the show. And I want to thank my guest, Jen Ferguson, for sharing her insights with us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to this podcast, Sales Enablement with Andy Paul, on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. So, thank you for your help. And, as always, thank you so much for investing your time with me today. Until next time, I'm your host, Andy Paul. Good selling, everyone.